Hello. Hola, que pasa? Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, doctor of physical therapy, son of Mexican immigrants, medical analyst at fantasypoints.com. Today, we're going to talk about wide receivers. We're going to talk about what you need to know about the wide receiver position when it comes to injuries, what the statistics say, what the physiology says, what the most common injuries are, and how to manage them in the fantasy football season and before your drafts. So, Let's get to it. But first, thank you for the feedback so much. It means a lot that you tuned into the first episode. It means a lot that you'd give me feedback. And I really appreciate that. It means a lot. It really does. I mean, we're already after two days, uh, about we're at about 150 downloads. Right now we're on Apple and Spotify. We are, I, I keep saying we, I am just about to be on Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So be on the lookout for those. Right now we're on Apple and Spotify. Those are the best place, places that you you can reach the injury-prone fantasy football podcast. So with that in mind, thanks. Please make sure you rate, review with a five-star review. Please, not a three or a four unless you really think I'm a three or a four. Uh, but if you rate, leave a screenshot um, of, of your five-star review. Tag me on Twitter, and I will get to that, and I will pick... A handful, one or two. Uh, if you leave a five-star review and you screenshot tag me on Twitter, I will personally look at one of your rosters, dynasty or redraft, and give you an idea of what I think about the durability of the players on your team. I'll do that for free. So please, uh, I'll pick a, a pick somebody at random, but please leave a review, and you can be in the drawing for that. But okay, let's get to work here. So what do you need to know about wide receivers? Wide receivers, the top three injuries that they sustain are hamstrings, ankles, and hand, which you see a little bit of. They're not usually very serious, so they're like fractured fingers uh, or or small dislocations that you can put back. Not that they're a small deal necessarily, but they don't usually cause a lot of missed time. Uh, What you also need to know is that wide receivers and pass catchers in general, including tight ends, they have a lot of concussions and a very crude recurrence rate that I calculated on my own since 2016. 2012, actually, there's about a 20 to 25% recurrence in wide receivers uh, when it comes to concussion rate. And the concussion rate, uh, that's bad, obviously. We, we can have an entire episode discussing the concussion rate and what it means and the long-term implications. Uh, but for now, that's what you need to know is pass catchers are very, very uh, susceptible to, to concussions, likely because they are left out to dry, you know, not necessarily intentionally, but they do get take a lot of hits over the middle when they're defenseless. So, that's what you need to know specifically about wide receivers. Another thing is that wide receivers make up 21% of all hamstring injuries in the NFL compared to 23% for corners. So DBs, that's wide receivers in a nutshell. But let's move on to specific players. Marquise Hollywood Brown, the apple of my eye. Uh, the, the receiver who I think is going to do fantastic this year, and I think he's going to really blow the doors off of whatever the Raven Stadium name is. I I don't know the name of all the stadiums. I'm sorry, guys and girls. Marquise Hollywood Brown in 2000, it would have been early 2019, had a Liss Frank surgery, a procedure. Essentially what they do uh, is uh, the middle of the foot, those two long bones that lead to the toes, what they do is they either stitch that ligament back together or... 
they'll put some screws in, um, which to the bones, which is what they did for him so that those tissues can heal. And he played the entire 2019 season with those freaking bone, those screws in his foot. He was on the injury report seven times with that exact issue, with an ankle or foot issue. And he was obviously bothered by it. And so when I look at Hollywood Brown and I think about, okay, in February or in March, he had those screws removed. He is on the up and up. He's in his second year as the Ravens uh, sort of de facto wide receiver, I guess. Um, But he has those screws removed. And not only does that bode well for him just on the surface, but there's also a study that came out in, what year was it? Let's see, it was in 2000, it's hot off the presses, 2018, that showed 47 athletes, uh, 35 NFL players, 12 rugby players with list frank injuries. They had surgery, and the year after their surgery, the first season back, they actually had a, they saw a 21% dip in their production after the surgery compared to the surgery, the, the season before. So they had the surgery, they had, they played, they had a season, they had 21% plus statistics in terms of receiving yards, receptions, touchdowns. They had the surgery the next season, they had a 21% drop from that baseline. Now in the second year in the third year, that production bounced back and you can see why. I mean, if you have, if you're playing the game of football with screws in your foot, the chances that you are in a little bit of pain every now and then are probably pretty good. They're probably pretty good. So what I'm saying about Hollywood Brown is that you should really go get him. I think you should draft him. I think that he's being overlooked. And just the fact that he would even, uh, just the fact that he had those screws in his in his foot in the first place really bodes well for him in 2020 because he just had them removed. So Hollywood Brown, I'm all in. I think that he averaged about 10 half PPR points per game already with the screws in his foot. So go get him. That's what I'm saying about Hollywood. All right. Moving on here. We'll go to the next guy. Jarvis Landry. I've been getting a lot of questions about Jarvis Landry. What happened to Jarvis Landry is he had a labral repair, which uh, the labrum is essentially connective tissue that holds your hip in place. It's what Tua tore when he dislocated and fractured his hip last year in November. That labrum is super important. And you can think of it as like a baseball sitting in a, a glass, a drinking glass of water. And that you can think of the bones that way. And the labrum surrounds that, that joint. When that gets injured, which it, it it's extremely common, you and I could be walking around with a labral tear. But when it gets torn and it's painful, it's really difficult to run. It's difficult to walk, bear weight through it. So a lot of players will make the decision to have surgery and repair it, which is which is fine. There's actually a study published um, and it looked at players from exactly, let's see, it was 2006, 2014 is 40 of them. And essentially what they found is that once they had what the, what's called the uh, an arthroscopic repair, they go in with little micro tools and they fix the labrum where they, they adjust and shave off whatever they need to. These players, these NFL players were able to come back at six months. Jarvis Landry's surgery was in February. He had all of February to recover. And at this point really should be running, you know, if not full speed close to it. So there's also data to, to show that he won't, or he shouldn't be held back by this, this issue, unless of course it, it recurs. But the data shows that the year after this surgery, players can come back and perform just fine. Just like with all these 
these studies that I cite, guys, I'll, I'll include them in the show notes along with my articles on these specific players, which I don't necessarily have, but for these guys, but I'll make sure to include them in the notes. Okay, so that's it on Jarvis Landry. He should be good to go. Uh, draft him. He's always going. He's like a Robert Woods. He goes way too late. So go get him. Next, moving on is a group of three wide receivers that I wanted to talk about, which by the way, this is called injury tiers. I've yet to list my injury tiers, the actual tiers of green light, yellow light, uh, red light. So I guess I could start now. Uh, of course, this is this is yellow light. I skipped over the green light, guys. You can go to fantasypoints.com to look at the entire article where I list, list separate all of the receivers out. I did all of basically the top 50 or 60 wide receivers uh, that are relevant to fantasy. So the yellow light tier, I'll just, sorry, I, I sort of missed the boat on that one. Yellow light tiers, Marquise Brown, Tyree Kill, Robbie Anderson, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Christian Kirk, Jarvis Landry, Stephon Diggs, Julio Jones, Jameson Crowder, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Parker, Golden Tate, Odell Beckham Jr. Mini tier break. This is still the yellow light tier, but this is the bottom of the yellow light tier. Preston Williams, Mike Williams, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Marvin Jones, Brashad Perriman, Juju Smith-Schuster. All of those receivers that I just listed are in the yellow light tier. But what I wanted to talk about was Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Juju Smith-Schuster, who all have more than one concussion in their career. The thing about concussions, like we've talked about earlier, is that time doesn't necessarily make them go away. Uh, Time definitely helps. There's some research showing that if a player has a concussion two years later, they actually uh, still have deficits. But in theory, time should help to heal uh, the the recurrence rate but we really haven't seen that necessarily in the data that resting and time in between concussion rates uh, reduces concussion or in between concussions reduces concussion rates excuse me Uh, it's also it's there's we could do an entire episode on it if you want me to tweet at me or let me know that you want me to talk about an entire episode about concussions but they're just really complex we don't know a lot about them what we know is that deandre hopkins had one in 2013 and then had one in 2015. never good to have more than one obviously you double your chances of getting one after you have your first one uh Devontae adams a little bit of a scary situation with Devontae Adams in the beginning of his career, but he did have one in 2016, and then he had the two in 2017. Uh, since then, I'm not entirely certain that he's out of the woods yet when it comes to concussions. He obviously had the turf toe issues, but I don't necessarily see him as an injury risk per se, and I, none of these yellow light tier guys really are. But I do. I will say that they're they haven't necessarily, you know, they're not the shining best example of what you would want an injury, a player's injury history to look like. And with concussions, you have the same thing. And Juju Smith-Schuster, I almost forgot to mention, he himself had two in 2017, and then just had one last year in 2019. These are the types of things that I feel like go under the radar. Uh, I don't know necessarily how to quantify that because the data itself doesn't know how to quantify that. hasn't shown us just yet, but it does need to be something you are aware as a fantasy football player. If you are staring at, you know, Juju versus, I don't know, another player in that tier um, and you need a, a deciding factor, maybe the concussions are something you can go with there. So. 
The next guy here is OBJ. Oda Beckham Jr. been getting a ton of questions about, of course, obviously. Now, he had a bad year. He clearly played through that that groin issue. He clearly was having issues uh, since the beginning of camp. And last year I wrote about him and I said, you know, he's had this plethora of injuries. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. And he's had soft tissue and contact type injuries. And I'm just nervous for him at that ADP. Now his ADP is two rounds later than last year. And I think that's a little too far because in this study on NFL players, just published in 2017, they looked at players who um, had the sports hernia issue and they had surgery for it. And what they found was after they came back the next year, there's no significant difference in, in performance uh, versus, you know, them and versus the controls, the people who didn't have the surgery. There's no difference in, in performance. And these players were able to perform at, at their, basically their peak before they had the issue in the first place. So given the talent that OBJ has and the type of player that he is and just the fact that he's, I mean, extremely, extremely talented, a third or fourth round ADP for him is at this point is steel. And I do think just based off of everything that we know about him, uh, and everything that he said about the surgery himself, uh, he should be good to go. I mean, the data shows there's no reason for him to be held back. If he was held back by that last year, which it seems like it was, I think it's it's lock and load for Odell Beckham Jr. Do it. Uh, moving on here. And if you want to see the entire, um, again, these tiers, like I said, go to fantasypoints.com. And you can also look at my individual breakdown for OBJ that I give over there at fantasypoints.com. Another group of you know what i'll hit on mike evans first though Uh, a guy that's sort of going under the flying under the radar he finished with a hamstring injury that caused him to miss gosh it was three or four games at the end of the season and i think that's significant because you know at that time i'm pretty sure that the bucks were seven and six or seven and eight or something like that and they were still very much i guess it wouldn't have been seven and eight that'd be that's not quite right Uh, They were somewhere near 500 and sort of in the chase for the playoffs, and they still decided to sit Mike Evans. You can get into organizational discussions, what they, what their long-term goals were, you know, the James situation, everything. Bottom line is that they they placed Mike Evans on the IR pretty early, pretty soon after that hamstring injury. So it tells me that it was at least moderately severe. And if it was moderately severe, then that's also a bad sign because the data and the research on NFL players with hamstring injuries tells us that the you know you can pre- not predict but the common characteristics of players who have hamstring injuries are wide receivers and DBs aging so age 26 Mike Evans is 26 lack of flexibility well as we age we get less flexible and previous hamstring injury and the bigger that the hamstring injury is on an MRI and assuming it's symptomatic the more likely they are to recur or have another hamstring injury We know that Mike Evans had at least a moderate grade hamstring injury, at least a grade two, if not a grade three. So flying under the radar a little bit, I think, too. I'm not again, I'm not saying don't draft him. I'm not saying he's not, you know, a stud. But what I am saying is that his physical health in 2020 should not necessarily go ignored. It should be something that you ponder and you think about when when considering drafting between receivers. The same thing could be said, maybe to a greater degree, about Adam Thielen, who also had his hamstring injury, a hamstring injury of his own, and it was legitimate. It was a big tear because what he tried to do was come back the week after. And you, if you listen to me and you didn't play him or use him uh, 
in DFS and you came away winning, if you did the, the first time that you tried to come back from his hamstring injury, then it was a bad day for you probably if you, if you, were, if you were overweight on ownership for him. So unfortunately, that's a characteristic of hamstring injuries. Players try to come back too soon, and that's why you should avoid them in cash games when they're coming off a hamstring injury. So he's 29, if not 30 by now. I'd have to double-check that. So that's a problem. Because he's in the same boat that Mike Evans was in. He had a massive hamstring strain. He tried to come back to it. He made it worse. And now he's sitting at 29 years old. He'll be 30 in August. And I'm not, he's not necessarily safe. And I get it. The talent's there. In recent years, he's really come on as a receiver. When you start to consider, though, that the generally speaking, the average top 12, uh, top 10 wide receiver and fantasy football is between the age of 20, usually between 25 and 29. That's with a standard deviation of about two. Uh, he's very much outside of that. And unless we think he's a talent like Antonio Brown, I wouldn't be necessarily chalking him up for a uh, wide receiver one season. He just might miss the games. That's all. So that's my thoughts on him. Now, the next guy, and we'll sort of breeze through here. I don't want to go too long. AJ Green, I have an entire injury profile at fantasypoints.com on AJ Green. I talk about his ankle. I talk about his previous hamstring injuries. What you need to know about AJ Green, he has not played a game in the NFL since 2018, and he missed more than half of the season at that point. So you're not only looking at a player, a 32-year-old, coming off of major ankle reconstruction, you're also looking at a player who, he's had some hamstring injuries. He's had a lot. So what you need to consider when drafting AJ Green is that, hey, He's probably, I do not need to draft him at my starter if you're risk averse. I really do think that the ceiling is capped. I'm not saying that he can't be successful in that offense with that new quarterback. What I'm saying is that he's 32 years old. The only older fantasy relevant uh, wide receivers than A.J. Green are Julian Edelman, Larry Fitzgerald, kind of Ted Ginn, and kind of Danny Amendola. Off the top of my head, those are the only older wide receivers in him. So, A.J. Green, fantasypoints.com. Go check out the full version, my breakdown on him. Speaking of Julian Edelman, another guy who's had a concussion, a hand fracture, a concussion, an arm, an arm fracture, uh, a foot fracture, another concussion, another concussion, another ankle fracture, an ACL tear, and he's 34 years old, and he doesn't have his quarterback anymore. I think the days of taking Julian Edelman with, you know, low floor, potential high ceiling every few weeks, I think those days are over. I... Don't necessarily trust the 34-year-old wide receiver who, I mean, I guess Cam can kind of toss the ball to him in the flats, but man, at some point, I'm not saying I wish this on him because I don't. I just don't. But at some point, Julian Edelman's body's just got it. It's taking a beating. If if you're a believer in the in the mileage narrative, which is actually not really a a thing, we can talk about that later. But if you're a believer in mileage, this is injury mileage and injury mileage plus regular mileage usually doesn't end well for a 34, 35 year old in the NFL, especially for fantasy purposes. So I hope he stays healthy. I'm not trusting him necessarily because of his entire history. So that's your, it's your yellow light here. That's, that's the, you know what? That's not even the yellow light here because Julian Edelman, he himself is in the red light here. And so is AJ Green. I'm really bad at this, guys. I'll get better. The red light here. Sammy Watkins, AJ Green, Julian Edelman, T.Y. Hilton, Deshaun Jackson, Will Fuller, John Brown, Paris Campbell, 
mini tier break, Alshon Jeffrey, Anthony Miller, Brandon Cook, Sterling Shepard. Again, go to fantasypoints.com to check the entire uh, injury, wide receiver, physical volatility tiers article. That's your red light tier. And Julian Edelman is at the very top of the red light tier along with AJ Green. Okay. Will Fuller, he has to prove it. He has to show. I don't need to go through his history. We all know his history. He has to show us uh, from a fantasy football perspective that he himself can stay healthy. He has to show us that he overhauled his strength and conditioning program. He started a new pre- a prehab program with, with the PT and the strength coaches and the athletic trainers. He has to give us something to give us a little bit of hope. But if he, he hasn't done that, we can't really – he's never played a full 16-game season, and his injuries are all lined up. They're all hamstring strains, and he just ended the season on with, with a groin strain, which is not unrelated. And it's really a shame because he's so talented. He's so good when he's on the field. I just don't necessarily trust him for fantasy purposes. I don't think that he is going to – I mean, when he's on the field, he's good, right? But I just feel like he's going to disappoint a lot of owners unless, like I said, we hear something different for him. So that's different from his, his usual routine. That's where I'm at with Will Fuller until further notice. A couple of wide receivers that I think, uh, obviously Brandon Cooks, five documented uh, concussions. I'm not saying he's not extremely talented. I'm not saying he shouldn't be drafted in fantasy drafts. What I am saying is that he's extremely volatile. I cannot get that across enough, guys. He is an extremely volatile choice to draft. He, I wouldn't trap, personally, myself, I wouldn't want him as my, wide receiver three necessarily unless I have some pretty good depth maybe that that's the highest that I'd take him he's extremely volatile unfortunately he's one hit away from his career potentially being uh in peril I feel for the guy I hope that doesn't happen I hope I'm wrong that's where I stand uh, with Brandon Cooks and I hope that it doesn't happen I hope he proves me wrong another guy who's had five documented concussions since high school is actually Sterling Shepard I think that also goes overlooked he's in the same boat he had two last year. He seriously considered, uh, well, we don't know what he considered, but we know that he had a long uh, discussion with his family last year after the second concussion, and he decided to come back. Another extremely talented receiver, another young stud, but just the concussions are piling up, and those are never, never good. So that's it. Again, yellow light tears, yellow light tier players. Marquise Brown, Tyreek Hill, Robbie Anderson, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Christian Kirk, Jarvis Landry, Stephon Diggs, Julio Jones, Jameson Crowder, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Parker, Golden Tate, Odell Beckham Jr., Mini Tier Break, Preston Williams, Mike Williams, Mari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Marvin Jones, Prashad Perriman, Juju Smith-Schuster. That's the yellow light tier. Red light tier. Sammy Watkins, AJ Green, Julian Edelman, T.Y. Hilton, Deshaun Jackson, Mini Tier Break, Will Fuller. John Brown, Paris Campbell, mini tear break, Alshon Jeffrey, Anthony Miller, Brandon Cooks, Sterling Shepard. I almost forgot. Let's end on a good note. Paris Campbell. Just because he's in the red light tier does not mean that his overall trajectory is low or bad. Okay. So he should be taken in drafts. His ADP is at his floor is virtually nothing. And he's had some pretty fluky injuries. And I think unless there's something deeper going on there that we don't know at at this point he can be a league winner he's got the talent he doesn't necessarily have the arm at quarterback his quarterback's not fantastic but the talent's there I think he had a few fluky injuries the groin strain was the worst one the fractures are healed he played 
all through college without very many issues, injury issues at all. So that's it for that. Go get uh, Paris Campbell. But that's it for today. So make sure you go to fantasypoints.com, subscribe, super cheap prices. You can read all my injury stuff there. That's where my wide receiver injury tiers are. Um, you can catch the entire article there. I'll link all of the notes, uh, all the studies in the show notes. Make sure that you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Screenshot, tag me on Twitter. You'll be entered into drawing so that I can do a free injury analysis of one of your Dynasty Redraft teams. Uh, and that's it for tonight. So for me, for my two dogs, for my rabbit, and for my wife who's out in the kitchen and puts up with me and lets me do this, have a good day, have a good night, and reach out with questions. Thanks. Adios.